This is the Bible teaching from the Apostolic Church, All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Reaching the community in practical and caring ways. Here now is a timeless Word of God. Hallelujah. I welcome you once again to this series on the dynamics of, of prayer. And I thank God for giving us life to continue what we started. We are looking into what Jesus told his disciples in Luke the chapter 11, when one of them asked him, the Lord teach us to pray. We are here to continue that journey, and it's my prayer that it will be a blessing to all of us. Let me thank the apostle of the house, Apostle Abraham Saki, and all the ministers and and pastors' wives and all the officers and all the members for keeping faith with the church and keeping faith with God. Greater are the days ahead of us, so let us keep keeping on. For God has said great things concerning us, and he alone will bring them to pass. Please bow down your head with me, and let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, once again. We bless your name, O God. We pray this day that you open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of thy word. Teach us, Lord, teach us, Lord, and bring it to pass in our lives that nothing will fall short of the blessings you have spoken concerning us. Let your word have a place in our hearts, and let that which you purpose from the foundations of the world be accomplished. We bless your name, that your grace still abounds. In Jesus' name, amen. In continuing with the passage, I want to read, still Luke, the chapter 11, and I want to read from the verse 5. Jesus gave a description. He, he spoke about an incident to throw more light on how he wants us to pray. So I'm reading from the verse number five. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Praise God. Here, Jesus is teaching us something about the dynamics of prayer. He's trying to say, don't stop until the answer comes. He's trying to say that delays are not denials. He's trying to say that the blessing is available, stay on course. He's trying to say that your heavenly father will give it. He wants just to know how 
much you needed. He's trying to say that there are certain things you must go through for that blessing to be a real blessing, so stay on course. Some of us give up when we pray over something for, for a short period of time. We just give up. Don't give up. Just tell your neighbor, don't give up. What is sad sometimes is that you might be so close to your blessing at the time you give up. So don't give up. Keep on keeping on. For he who has promised is faithful and he will do it. It was a very unusual hour, an uncomfortable hour. Midnight when someone was asleep with his children and then you come knocking, give me bread. He said, no, I can't rise. I will not inconvenience my children. I will not wake them up just to give you bread. But the man didn't give up. He continued knocking. He continued disturbing. And for the peace of the friend, he got up and gave him what he wanted. It reminds me of what the Lord says in Isaiah. He says we should give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Yes, you can apply it to your life. Give God no rest until what he has said comes to pass. For he says when we pray, we should say that, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to me. Before you came into this life, God had already planned your life and that is what we call destiny. God has a prepared end, an expected end, where he wants to bring your life to. God has already written what you must achieve in life. And God has placed in you that potential. And what you are asking is that God let what you have designed come to pass. It is the will of God. Nothing can stand in your way. If you will agree with God, you can overcome every obstacle. It is there already. How are we? Someone will catch this and let impossibilities fly before you. For your God is more than able. God is saying, your blessing is available. Don't stop. Once you know there is bread inside the house, don't stop knocking until that bread gets into your hands. But if we continue and read the verse 9 and the verse 10, and that's what I want to make the focus of this discourse, Jesus, after giving this story, said, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Then, listen. For everyone, he didn't say pastors. He didn't say prayer warriors. He said, for everyone that asketh, receive it. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. And you can see that all the tenses used are in the 
present continuous. You keep doing it. You keep doing it. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. I've therefore entitled today's topic, The Gears of Prayer. The Gears of Prayer. Those of you who use automatic cars and you've never driven a manual car before, you might not understand this well for me, but I believe that a lot of us know about manual cars already. In automatic cars, the engine and the gearbox will function and then change your gears for you. But in manual cars, you will have to change your gears manually to determine the kind of power that pushes the vehicle and the level of speed that you can go to. There are some roads or some mountains when you get onto those places, you must come to your lower gears to be able to navigate. And then when the road is free for you, you can go to higher gears to get speed. Here I see Jesus talking about the gears of prayer. So, first speed is asking. Second gear is seeking. And third gear is knocking. And I want to explain this. It is not everything that you can just ask for and get it. And when you ask and ask and ask and it's not coming, you are being invited to change your gears to the seeking mode. And when you seek and seek and seek and it's still not coming, you are being invited to change your gears to the knocking mode. And you don't knock empty space. You only knock when you are facing a door. Are you here with me? So you knock when you see a door. You you just don't knock empty space. And I'm going to use some examples to, to make this clear to us. And these are levels of prayer It's because God uses prayer to do several things in our lives. One of them is that God uses prayer to build our faith. He uses prayer to purify our faith, to burn up the chaff, and to position us well in our walk with him. God also uses prayer to mature us in him. And I'll be giving an example where God will move you from just faith to love. For he says that faith worketh by love. And I'm going to use some incidents in the Bible to make us understand these things. The first one is to talk about the fact that God uses 
prayer to build our faith and increase our faith and to open our eyes to greater things in him. So we see in the story of the Syrophoenician woman, you can read in Matthew, the chapter 15, this story is of a woman who was not an Israelite. So this woman was a Gentile. And she heard of Jesus and she had a problem. Her daughter was vexed with an evil spirit. And you know that Jesus came and was casting out evil spirits left and right. So this woman came to Jesus and begged him that, Lord, have mercy on me and deliver my daughter. And the Bible says Jesus didn't mind her at all. And anytime I'm reading a scripture, I get there, I, I slow down, I slow down because there are things to learn. He says, ask and you will receive. And she's asked and nothing came. But then she, she didn't leave. She didn't abandon her faith and she wasn't discouraged, but she continued. And she continued pestering them. And don't forget the example Jesus gave about the friend who went to the other friend for loaves of bread. This woman fits into that description. She continued pestering Jesus and the disciples to the extent that the disciples got fed up and they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, do something for this woman. She's not going to leave us. She's disturbing us. Give her what she wants and let her go. Jesus still didn't do it, but Jesus said something. Jesus said, I came not for these ones, but for the lost sheep of Israel. And listen to me. When you are seeking, the seeking kind of prayer is prayer that you do, and as you do, God teaches you. You know, if, if you know there's something in this room and you are looking for it, you know it's here. If you don't find it here, you go to other places looking for it because you know it's there. And as you go searching, you discover things you didn't know. So in the searching kind of prayer, God teaches you things about what you are asking for that you didn't know. Because you see, God will not place certain blessings in your hands because you wouldn't even know how to handle them. So there's knowledge you need. There's some growth that must come into your life for certain prayers to be answered. So in the searching kind of prayer, you are still desiring, you are still praying, but then God begins to give you experiences. God begins to open your eyes and you also, you get into the word of God to learn more about what you are asking for. That is the searching kind of prayer. There are things that you can't just ask for. You come and stand there and say, God, give me anointing for ministry. And then God pours oil on you. 
No way. You seek. You search. And as you do that, God will be purifying things in your life. God will be opening your eyes to things. You see, God will not put precious things in the hands of babies. That is why he says that the heir to the throne, even though everything belongs to him, so long as he remains a child, he'll be no different from a servant. In prayer we grow. In prayer God opens our eyes and teaches us things in him. It's part of the dynamics of prayer. So Jesus still didn't do it, but he gave a word that I didn't come because of these ones but because of the lordship of Israel, this woman still did not give up. Importunity in prayer. Persistence in prayer. Faith that will not give up and faith that does not accept no for an answer. That's what Jesus was teaching. So the woman came back and worshipped and said, Lord, have mercy. Praise God. Jesus still didn't do it, but he released another word. And now what Jesus said was, you know, it's not right to give the food that is meant for children. It's not right to give it to dogs. So let me say here that when the woman was searching and Jesus gave the first statement, and said, I did not come because of these ones, but for the lordship of Israel. She didn't see a door. If she saw anything, she just saw windows in her search. But when she continued, and now Jesus said, it is not right to give the food of the children to dogs. She saw a door, and she said, this is the door. And I'm going to knock on this door, and this door is going to open. You see, prayer is an art, and we must learn the art of prayer. So then she started knocking on that door. And look at how beautifully she knocked. She said, true, Lord. <laughs> I accept this word. It is true. This is the door. But this is going to be the door to my daughter's healing. This is going to be the door to my daughter's deliverance. She said, true, Lord. True, Lord. And look at the beauty of her faith. She didn't feel insulted. No. She didn't feel degraded, no. She knew what she wanted. Her focus was bull's eye. She wasn't looking to the peripheries. She wasn't ready for any distraction. She said, Lord, it's true. But I, I also have something to say. <laughs> In prayer, we speak to God. In prayer, we connect to the original word. It says, once has God spoken, but twice have I heard that power belongs to God. We take hold of the original. We connect. She said, true, Lord. But you see, there are different dogs in this life. We have wild dogs in the bush. We have stray dogs in town and we have dogs in the house that are domesticated. 
So this woman placed herself and her child into the company or group of domesticated dogs. And, and she said, Lord, I'm not asking for the food of the sons and daughters. But this is my faith. When the children eat from the table, some crumbs of food fall to the ground. And we the dogs, we eat that and, and we are okay. I'm not jumping on the table. I am under the table. Let the crumbs fall. And look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, oh woman, great is thy faith. Let it be unto you according to your faith. So why? It means all this while Jesus was growing the faith of the woman. Jesus was moving her from that weak faith level to that place of great faith. Because what she was asking for needed that level of faith. In prayer, we grow. She changed her gears from asking to searching. And when, when she found a door, she knocked till the door opened. And this is where a lot of us fail. We ask one, two, three times. We give up. We are not ready to grow. We are not ready to seek. We are not ready to learn. And we are not ready to look for the doors that we must knock on. But they are all revealed in the word of God. God will bring you to that door if you follow him. And when you knock on that door, he will open it. My second example, which is the last thing I'm going to say, is how he uses these three gears to, to, to mature us in him. Galatians 5, 6 says that, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. You know, your faith must show practically through love that you demonstrate in your life. That is faith that is grounded. That is faith that flows out of the heart. And that's why the only commandment of God stems on loving him with your all. And I want to give the example of Mary Magdalene in the chapter 20 of the John Gospel. When we read that when Jesus was buried on the third day, Mary and others, Mary Magdalene and others went to the tomb. Whilst the disciples were somewhere in their rooms, sad over the issue, perplexed over what had happened. These women went to the tomb and they went so that they, they would just spice the body of Jesus and embalm him better than had been done on the first day. When they got there, the stone was rolled away and Jesus was not in the tomb. So according to John's story, Mary Magdalene rushed back and told them. And I want to read from the verse 10. No, let me, okay. Mary rushed back and told them and then Peter and John 
followed her to the tomb. And when they came there, they also went in. And the body of Jesus wasn't there. And look at what happened. See the difference from the verse 10. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. When they came and Jesus was not in the tomb, Peter, the head of the apostles, and John, the apostle whom Jesus loved, went back home. But Mary Magdalene stayed. She was looking for something. She wouldn't accept no for an answer. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. Listen to me. This is a, you, she's moved from the asking. She's in the searching. She's gone in there. There was nothing. She's called the apostles. They've come. They've gone in there. There was nothing. Yet she stayed and she looked in again. Why would she do that? She looked in again. Searching kind of prayer. Keeps looking. Keeps searching. Because the promise is, he who seeketh, findeth. And this time when she stooped and looked, she saw something. Praise God. She saw two angels. And the angels asked her, what are you looking for? Mary was still in tears. If it were today, some people, if they see angels, they will run away and tell the whole world, I've seen an angel. But Mary Magdalene wasn't looking for an angel. She was looking for her savior and nothing else will satisfy her. So in her searching, she saw angels, but she still continued crying. And then she heard someone's feet beside her. And she turned to that person. She had no idea that was the door, but she turned to that person. She thought it was the gardener. And she said, please, if you had taken him anywhere, show me. And I'll go for him. And then Jesus called her name Mary. Who? And that was when she realized it was Jesus. And she shouted, Ravoni, my master. Sometimes I just want to imagine how that scenario was like. What a joy. What a resurrection of hope. I don't know how that felt like. The master who had died, the savior of the world, is alive. And I'm the first to see him. So think about it. When they came, when 
Mary Magdalene went and called Peter and John and they came around. Where was Jesus? Jesus was around. But they went in, looked and, and left. If you've left, go. But the one who stayed got the reward. If anyone should see Jesus first, it should be Peter. And if Peter misses it, the disciple whom Jesus loved shouldn't miss it. They both missed it. Why? They didn't stay. They didn't continue. They didn't search. But Mary got it because her faith matured into love. And love stays. Love stays. I'm saying this so that in our prayer lives will be that tenacious. When we take hold of it, let's keep going. And God will speak and God will reveal and God will teach us the things we need to know so that we might inherit the promises. He did them for us and he will give it. So prayer is not just about Asking and receiving is a walk, it's a journey, it's a maturation, it's a purification of our faith in God. And it makes us better people. So what the disciples asked Jesus was deeper. And he's saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Let us also go constantly before him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And prayer takes hold of the word of God. And prayer receives illumination. And out of that, faith bursts out. And it makes us connect to the source. And virtue flows to us. It is my prayer that we'll just not be babies in the hall of asking. And anything we just ask, and if it doesn't come, we just ask, and then we are angry, and we, we throw tantrums around. No, no, no. Mature. There are things you ask for, they will come. But there are things you have to seek and learn more about and, and continue. Show to God that your desire cannot be quenched with obstacles. And God will gradually bring you to that door of promise. And as you keep knocking, the God we serve will hear and he will open. So don't get discouraged. You might have been praying for something for so long. Abraham asked for a child for how many years? Keep on keeping on. For he is a faithful God. And they that look to him shall never be put to shame. And as I said the last time, the best way to learn how to pray is to pray. So bow down your head and let's talk to God. Speak to him according to what is in your heart. And not just according to what you think. Align your heart with your desires. And take hold of his word. 
Especially if there is something that has delayed in your life, tell him, Lord, today I come to realize that delays are not denials. I change my gears and I'm going to stay on course. I'm not going to give up. Talk to God this moment. Mention that thing again and say, Lord, I haven't lost hope. I know you are still there and I know you've had me and I know this shall come to pass. Father, we thank you once again. We bless your name for life, O oh God. And we thank you for your word. I pray for all my brothers and sisters who've listened to your word this day, Lord. Do something in their lives, Father. Stir up your spirit within them and, and let this journey of prayer bring them to that place of promise that your name alone might be glorified in their lives. I give you praise, O oh God, for that's who you are. To you alone be all glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word. We are the Apostolic Church All Nation Center in Kennington, London. Find us at Tyus Terrace, Kennington, London, SE11 5LY. Our telephone number is 0207-820-9917. On the web, we are at www.apostolic-anc.org. All Nation Center, reaching out to you in practical and caring ways.